just Google any novated lease company in your country, search and put in for a full normal ICE vehicle, internal combustion engine vehicle, a price and see how much it costs a week. Then put the uh, any electric vehicle in and look at the reduction of price. Even if it's high capital cost, it's usually cheaper. podcast is a very special podcast because i kind of just dropped a truth bomb on james um was it a truth bomb i just feel like it was just a bomb in general a bomb in general you blew me up man yeah yeah you blew my heart up um so last week i ordered a tesla <laughs> and this week i picked it up you fucking must be rich man <laughs> no well that's the that's whole the point. problem yeah yeah that's that's something that i want to break down here i got the tesla not because i am rich because i'm definitely not i got the tesla because i'm poor and I want to be poor and to try and keep as much money as I can. And I went with the Tesla. I could have gone with other electric vehicles. Polestar or BYD Polestar, or whatever. Evo, EV6s look really good. They're actually the body of a Porsche. Yeah. Um, that they, they copied across to Kia. Um, there's the Leaf 2. There's a handful of them. Yeah. And they all have these benefits. Dad got his Tesla Model 3. It's Years lot, ago as well. Yeah, he yeah. was one of the first performance Model 3s. He got it because he wanted a toy. I got my Tesla because I want something cheap. And it also has a lot of features that oh, is a cool toy. Features, right? a, it is a toy. It is a, it is a boy's toy. Um, I love it. I'm sure. And the thing is, right, this is the second Tesla that the engineering dads have bought this year. Yeah. Because you also have a Tesla that you don't talk about. I've, I've slowly teased it on the channel. I think I did like a IoT test of saying, yeah, yeah how you teach your dog count to three and it barks three times. I was like, hey, Tesla, count to three. And I was like, beep, beep, beep. I was yeah, just testing. pretty good coding just that's, to get there. Yeah, that's the only bit I've showed off. But now that we have two, man, I was shocked. I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, yeah. holy shit. It's, James, it's can you your... roll the audio from you seeing the, uh, you seeing the car for the first time now? All right, let's roll it. What the f***? That's why your car is fucked right Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you think I want to do a Tesla podcast today, huh? Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Holy shit. Yeah. Hey, obviously, this is yours, right? Yeah, this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's, uh, i'm glad i kind of caught you off guard because i actually told your dad about it i told all my friends about I, it my dad's not good at keeping secrets yeah. and he actually said to me the other day he goes have you spoken to sean recently and i was like yeah like he's one of my closest mates we speak pretty much every day and he just goes have you spoken to sean and i was just like yes dad like yeah. what do you want me to give him a call and ask him how his day is going like yeah and he goes and he's like, no, it's, it's okay, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But now it all makes sense. Now Why? it makes sense, yeah. Because um, I was actually at an engagement party. Your dad and I were in the... Uh, well, it was actually your engagement party. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, I was no point hiding it. I got engaged, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Well, thank yeah, you, yeah. thank you. Uh, one step closer to becoming the dad and engineering dad. Yeah. Um, but I was in the line to the bar with, next to your dad. And I was like, Enzo, I've got a secret for you. And he's like, what is it? Let me guess, you bought a Tesla. I went, I pick it up Thursday. He's like, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you didn't know what? Yeah, I pick it up. I go, what color? I went blue. And oh, cool. It looks fucking nice. It, it looks, looks mid- really good. Because like, actually, funny story before we talk into the tech of it. I was in the gym, right? And this guy with his red Porsche comes down and he just goes, at least you didn't get fucking white like everyone else. And I yeah. was just like, my dad's got a white Tesla, by the way. So yeah. I told him and he got the shits. And then I had like this big argument with this guy. I'm like, he's a rev head, right? Drives yeah. a Porsche. And I'm like, dude, honestly, there's a shop right next door. Cause I train next to the Tesla workshop. Yes, that's right. The, the yeah. show. I'm like, 
pick it up on your day off, take it for a test drive. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying, take it for a test yeah, drive. Consider then, it. Open and mind. he just goes, look, I get it, but respectfully, fucking no. I'm like, you're lost, man. You're lost. Just you try it. Yeah. Like, my dad, he's a rev head. Like we got family yeah. of red head. I grew up being a rev head. Like I love things that go vroom vroom and I love things that mm. go fast. Um, ever since we've had the Tesla, you don't worry about that stuff. Yeah. It's fucking quick. People don't buy it because of economic reasons. People a lot of buy it just because it's quick yeah. and it's cheap and it beats the vroom vroom cars that are expensive. Yeah. They're faster than it. It's better performance in some aspects. And, and I mean, do I miss the sound? No, I have a literally a Bang & Olsen, Bang & Olsen um, sound system in my car. When, the I'm, car. when I'm blasting my music and podcasts at full volume, I don't worry about the sound. Do I miss changing gears? Yeah, sure. But I've still got my Forester. Sometimes it's my Sunday drive car. Yeah. You know, that is my surf car. I'm never going to be able to replace that. It's a different driving experience altogether. Yeah. Back on your point, saving money, not having to worry about fuel up. What, what is it now for petrol a week? For me, it was $100, but for you, probably a bit less because you're well, I'm driving more on the trains. So I'm, I'm yeah. only driving about 10,000 Ks a year or probably under that, but that's yeah. still 80 bucks every time I fill up with an efficient diesel car. Like this is 700 kilometers on a 35 liter tank and it's costing me 280 oh, bucks every time I fill the up that. Servicing, as, as your car gets older, the older the servicing oh. costs get more and more because more yeah. stuff's going wrong, more moving parts. <laughs> With the Tesla, you rotate your tires every few months. Oh, exactly, if that. And so this is something that I just want to put down as like a standard PSA. A Toyota Camry, an auto sedan Camry, a $40,000 Camry new costs the same per week as a Tesla, which is $20,000 more. Yeah. Because, yeah, okay, it costs more, so your leasing is a bit more expensive, sure. But the fuel cost is zero. If you get on a Nove lease, it is paid for by yeah. the Novation lease, right? Uh, or they pay extra for it. Um, the, the amount of, there's no oil, there's less moving parts. There's so much savings that you get from just having an EV. Yeah. That... I and like when I when I used to be against innovated leasing, I'm like, why would I want to lease something when I if I can't afford it, I shouldn't buy it. But yeah. here's the caveat with Teslas. Well, not really a caveat. Here's the benefit with Teslas is it's an electric vehicle. So we're lucky that our government allows everything to be pre-tax dollars. So no fringe yeah. benefit tax. It is absolutely amazing. So that's why when you're talking about the cost of a Camry, then you offset your petrol cost. It works out to be the same. Yeah. Now I convinced two people um, in my life to, to go that way. So one was someone from work who's like, I want to refinance my car. Um, and I was like, how much out of curiosity, you know, you don't have to tell me, but are you paying yeah. a week? Like this much? I'm like, oh, you know, you can buy a Tesla model Y and pay the same price. They were just like, what? No. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, oh, now I see how you afford a Tesla. Because when I started driving this thing to work, everyone was just like, you were on the same salary. How did you yeah. afford this car? I'm like, you could be able to afford this three times over than I can. Yeah, like, you're well over um, what you think you. So like uh, full disclaimer, they are cheap. I pay $230 a week and that includes everything, right? Yeah. The the cost of the car. Um, so the car is in now in my name, insurance, registration, fuel, maintenance, maintenance, wheels yeah. being um, changed every every three years. I think I get a change of tires of all my tires. Yeah. It costs me $230 a week. $230 a week. How much yeah. do you spend on fuel every week? Because it's probably about that. And this is not including any of the leasing that your car goes through or ongoing maintenance and your registration just just on fuel savings. If you drive 15,000 Ks or more, it's that's, that's the saving done. Yeah. Like, You're offsetting your cheap. cost very well. So and if you had it for about a week and how are you finding it? Obviously, well, I've had it for three days. Three days. I picked okay. it up. So I, this is the story, right? So last Sunday... My dad came around and said, have you considered an EV? And I was actually looking at Novated Leasing. I went, yes. 
I don't know if I can push it. I haven't tried. No one in my company has done it. They put this program, but no one actually went for it. I went, I've considered it. And he goes, look, if you get the right price, and I was looking at the EVs now, the new Model 3s in 2023 come in at $59,000. Yeah. The 2024 Model 3s, which have small upgrades, cost uh, $70,000, $10,000 increased. Yeah. And that's, it's a very minor upgrade for the 2024 new models. It's still a new car both ways. Yeah, in some respects, I think it's a bit of a step down. You lose like the stalks for the changing the indicators, like oh, indicator really? left and right on the 2024 models. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a, they make... You get a camera, the the, um, the screen in the back seat, but I don't have anyone who's in the back seat who yeah. needs that. I, I think as, as cars are getting more and more advanced, they're finding you don't need the parts that you once needed. It's just mm. like, this is just there because it made most ergonomic sense. But now yeah. the car does a lot of that for you. So yeah. it's like... I have a feeling the the reason they're, they're moving away from this is to make it more family friendly, to, to yeah. target that market. Everyone still thinks Teslas are for rich people. And to a degree, they can be right. If you're owning an S or an X or Performance 3, like our parents, um, <laughs> they, that can be more of a rich person toy. But the long range and rear wheel drive Teslas, as well as any of the new EVs, even though they are more expensive now, they are cheap cars. They are absolutely yeah. cheap cars if you put it the right way. Like, but obviously, I mean, the capital cost of it, if you were to buy it outright, sure, it's expensive. But who, how many people go and buy an iPhone brand new for $1,500? Like, yeah. Like, we, we were lucky we got discounts on our phones back in the day, but people go and get plans, right? Because for them, it works out cheaper. Mm. And the benefits they get from that plan outweigh, you yeah. know, having to worry about the overall cost. Same with the Tesla, no fuel, um, you know, games in your car regenerative braking you did a whole video on this on regenerative like, braking yeah having autopilot in your car like having a sound system again that's got about 23 speakers in it um engineered by sound like engineers from bang and olsen it's just it's like it's like me in a car it's like my personality if i put yeah. that in a car it's a tesla that's what it i is, love it about is, it. it's, it's like <laughs> it's like everything and everything it's just like it perfects certain things that you didn't need perfected but it does it so well it's worth it yeah and um, on one of the points there, we were talking about um, how the Model 3 itself or the, the Model 3 has a, there's a lot of value for car. It's a lot of buck for bang or bang for Bang buck. for your buck, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that go into the Model 3 that make it a bit different from other electric vehicles. They are catching up, but the Model 3 still holds a bit of a, a sore point in my... Oh, like a, it's seen as a really valuable car. And if you look at a bank loan for an EV, if you look at... I looked at one to buy RACQ royal automotive club of queensland and they said over the lifetime of a tesla model 3 you'll pay one hundred and seven thousand dollars for yeah. a sixty thousand dollar car which seems crazy if you do it that way but if you get under the novated lease it costs sixty seven thousand dollars for a sixty thousand you, you say car. about thirteen thousand over like the sorry the life. you you say forty thousand in tax oh, savings for, for myself specifically but i oh, added do. things like red and enhanced autopilot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i, I mean to. i got the blue and the sports tires too so i got a little upgrade not as the not as much as you did but for me i say f i should be spending one hundred seven thousand dollars over four years and that's with a balloon payment of like 37 percent over a four-year period but i am only going to pay sixty seven thousand dollars if i want to keep the car yeah uh, like look I'm, I'm actually glad you wanted to talk about this because like your disclaimer i had like we we came into this podcast i thought sean was going to ask me about my tesla and we've got a bit of a segment coming soon on you know full, like automated driving and full self-driving cars but i'm glad you brought up the the topic of innovative leasing because no one 
not a lot of people know about the benefits of Novated leasing with an EV. So even if you don't want to get a Tesla, we're not saying go and get a, a Tesla Model 3. You can mm. get a Polestar, an MG, a BYD, Nissan Leaf, Volvo. Well. Yeah. Um, and these benefits apply. So if you're looking to get a new car, um, I'm not saying don't go and get an ICE vehicle if you've got a favorite ICE vehicle, but at the same time, I am saying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's going to be so much cheaper in the long run. By 2030 or 2040, you're probably not going to be able to buy new ICE vehicles anymore anyway. So Yeah, I mean, Volvo's 100% electric by 2025. That's yeah. two years away. And think of it like this, right? You, you, if you're driving an ICE vehicle now, and this is kind of sad because one day it's going to happen to my car that I want to keep sentimental, it's going to get to a part at the time where you're not going to be able to get parts for it anymore or if you do get parts they're going to be very expensive so mm. you've got to really now think are the running costs worth you know keeping your old ice vehicle around to me it is because you know how sentimental that car is yeah. to me but this is what i'm saying if you're looking to get a new car just look at that path it yeah. you will save money over time and the tax benefits so i mean you've got two people who own teslas here telling you to buy electric vehicles preferably tesla so <laughs> don't take any innovated lease company in your country Search and put in for a full, normal ICE vehicle, internal combustion engine vehicle, a price, and see how much it costs a week. Then put the uh, any electric vehicle in and look at the reduction of price. Even if it's high capital cost, it's usually cheaper. Yeah, Do it yourself. Compare it to the Do car you want to buy. Like, for example, if you wake up and go, I want to buy a Toyota Camry, for argument's sake, compare the two prices, and I guarantee the electric vehicle, which has a lot more bang for your buck, is going to come out slightly above or if not the same as, you know, as the car you're looking at. So, Well, I was finding that a $40,000 Camry costs the same per week as a Tesla Model 3. Well, when Dad was looking at his Tesla, he was going to buy a $40,000 Ford Ranger because he wanted a Ute and he compared the two and he was like, wow, this is very yeah. similar to each other. Um, so and if you're going to do it, do it now while the Labor government's in because yeah. this can change rapidly. Like, yeah. I feel like it's a push from the sort of progressive Look, sort of I, government I, we've got going on. I don't think it, regardless of what government's in play here, Volvo's going electric, GM's going electric, Ford's going electric, Tesla are already there. Yeah. Like China's BYD, Polestar, these are all companies that are pushing electric vehicle. Right now it's 2% of new vehicle sales yeah. in Australia is EVs. I, I guess I mean how the government would help you get one is hopefully going to get the, better. This is the problem with the Australian government as a whole is we have been a dumping ground for old inefficient vehicles for a long time because we didn't have the emission standards on vehicles. Europeans had, remember like um, Dieselgate? Do you remember Dieselgate? No. Pretty much Volvo, BMW, and a few like the big BM, like uh, Munich uh, builders for in terms of uh, vehicles lied about the efficiency of their car. Effectively, as your cars get developed, you have to make them more efficient every few years. Yeah. The same way like the star system on your refrigerator. Mm. That is effectively the same system, but they had one for cars in Europe. Yeah. They lied. They faked the tests. They reduced the efficiency. And so in Europe, there's this big thing saying you have to have an efficient car. All your cars are no longer efficient. You've got to buy credits. And they bought them off Tesla, funnily enough. Australia doesn't have that policy. So if BMW makes a car, which is actually goes, actually, we've broken the test, doesn't work, we'll just sell it to the Australians. And we buy it up in bulk because it's a little bit cheaper, especially with the shipping costs. And we don't have to and, meet a compliance. And there's no thing. So, so yeah. our cars are dirty on the road. So with these, the, the government policy coming in, we are just uh, a leaf in the wind. Yeah. In terms of what is happening in the global market, Europe, China, South America, North America, all pushing electric vehicles as the easiest way to decarbonize. If that happens, all the manufacturers there are going to sell us the really shit cars and all of a sudden that's going to stop. And all of a sudden we have nothing but electric vehicles and hybrids on the road and we have not the infrastructure to build for it. So regardless yeah. of the government, both governments have been very slow on the infrastructure of building electric vehicle stations, charging, it's pretty poor, behavior. Yeah. 
we are so far behind the eight ball on this thing. So it doesn't matter which government's in play. We are going to be hit with a sledgehammer. We are between the hammer and the anvil right now in terms of what's coming with electric vehicles because they are coming. Yeah, There's going to be a point where I think by 2030, 50% of vehicles available are electric or plug-in hybrid. Yeah, or hyd- hydrogen is going to be coming into play as very soon yeah, as well. I, I still haven't seen a viable hydrogen option there. Maybe a truck, maybe a specific fleet truck. Still haven't seen one that's hit the road that looks decent yeah. still. But uh, that's that's me. There's, there's probably a few companies that would disagree. Um, that's just what I've seen. Yeah. But even still, you're moving away from standard petrochemical. That's the thing speakers, we're trying to yeah. phase out, phase out of that, and for very good reasons. I mean, like like always, go on with Elon Musk. He's made it so good that you can't avoid it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how you're going to persuade anyone to go in any direction. Make it so they can't avoid it. Yeah. That's- and I think the way he said it, he, I was watching a podcast with him. I think it's probably a Joe Rogan one, but he said that it was going to happen anyways. We've just been an accelerant. Tesla is an accelerant. We made it go faster, which is what we wanted. Yeah, I mean, Tesla's entire thing was let's make a more sustainable future. But then they make a car which is so cheap and so much fun that people buy it yeah. not for environmental reasons. It's got the same goal. It achieves the objective. It can it beat a Porsche. Yeah. It can beat a Porsche 911, for God's sakes. Like- for now. And I think the whole idea is we, it welcomes competition. Yeah, because this is competition for something that's good. I mean, you look at the Ford Mustang Mach E, for example. A oh, Mustang good, has yeah. gone to electric. That 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 is what I love about this industry. Right, is competition. Yeah, that's what you know. At the end of the day, fight all you want, but you're doing the the things for the greater good. You're you're doing it for the better of the environment, better the community, mm. better the people. So I love that. But what have your favorite things been? I mean, I know you've had your dad's been the job, your dad's Tesla, but now having one of your own, what have been your favorite features so far? I mean. One is I used to drive a Mini Cooper, diesel Mini Cooper. So this thing was tiny. I mean, it got everywhere, parked perfectly. At the time, it was efficient. So when the fuel prices started going up, I was like, oh, brilliant. Even now, I'm feeling the bite. Yeah. So if I'm feeling the bite, this is bad. Um, so the fact that effectively fuel can be free for me because I can charge at free charges nearby. I live in an apartment complex, by the way. So I do not have dedicated charging. I can charge at the strata plug. I'm not yeah. going to because that's pretty pretty naughty. But that's free energy if, if you are a bit of a dick about it. So if you're an early hey, adopter, there's, you there's pay, benefits. You pay your strata, I'm just saying. I'm saying that my strata's bill is going to look a lot more pricey and everyone else is going to wear my electricity if I wanted to. I'm not going to, but I have free charges nearby. I've got my dad's home charger. I realize there's a problem for apartment owners to charge. That's something I'm kind of dealing with still. Still, I haven't fully charged it from zero to 100 yet. It's only been three days. But just driving around has been a pleasure. It's nice to drive, right? You actually it's, enjoy driving. Yeah. Like, I've, I've always enjoyed driving, but not like this. It's like, a different kind of driving. comfortable. The, the thing that I think most people don't understand is the Teslas, why we, we push for Tesla is because there are features in it that most other EVs don't have. Um, EVs all have the same kind of efficiency, battery, charging, economics is great. But the Tesla has a lot more car to the car, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, the standard model, which I have, no upgrades besides the paint and the rims, it can stay within the lines. I can take my hand effectively off the wheel for short periods and it will drive around a bendy turn if it needs to. Yeah. It will stop before cars. If there's cars in front of me, it'll stop at the red light and as the car goes in front, it'll leave. So for me, driving is no longer driving because I don't need to look at the car red lights in front of yeah. me. You can look beyond it. You can be more safe because you can. You still have to drive. Yeah. But you can look beyond. You don't touch the pedals. You don't touch the wheel as much, but you can I- see things well ahead than before yeah I, I think we can agree that especially in australia like it's not going to replace the driver but it's good for those like those 
sort of minutes where you take both eyes off the road when you're getting like your sunnies out when you're moving stuff around the car when you're selecting a song i'm sure tesla wouldn't agree with us but yes <laughs> it's everyone does it we're not going to be yeah. around the bush like this is exactly how like you still for me i've still got my eyes on the road but i'm sort of you know picking my spotify song yeah. tesla allows it to happen while driving so mm. whether well, they, they agree they or not they probably recommend you use the voice control so you don't take your eyes ever off the road yeah actually did you know there's a camera inside the teslas that record your eyes yeah so that's if, pretty you, insane. if you claim that the autopilot crashed it but you're looking in the out the back of the window they'll they use that against that you. you weren't they don't show you that camera but it records it all the time it's, it's good all for taxis there. yeah but yeah the, the self-driving has, has been very very good actually like for, for many things and this is something i wanted to talk about is it really opened my eyes to full self-driving when i got one because i don't like cars that drive themselves i like doing it myself but at the same time i i realized the benefit from mm. a, a safety point of view for example like they're there is no doubt that if we replace all cars to full self-driving, which is a very long way away, but if it was to happen, yeah. we would effectively reduce fatalities to to near zero. And yeah. this is this is what this is where we're at now. So they classify full self-driving cars or self-driving into five different levels. Mm-hmm. And level zero is no like complete human. You might get some cruise control and that sort of stuff with um, some warning signs and whatnot nothing at all level one is what they call driver assistance so it's like your adaptive cruise control which yeah. a lot of cars actually nowadays have tesla comes in built where you just hit the stick once and it will maintain a gap that you specify between yeah. the car in front and maintain the speed and whatnot and i use that in traffic it's great i i actually did so okay i will admit i used this uh in traffic one time this is like 12 30 at night i was going south through Nowra, and there's a massive construction site and we were moving about 10 meters a minute. And so a car would just move a little bit and you move up. I pulled out a Kindle, started reading a book, put the car in autopilot and just looked back. I had yeah. the dog with me, I was petting her and I looked up and I'd gone a kilometer. It was just like over half an hour This period. isn't. That's not even um, the autopilot. That's just the adaptive cruise control. It wasn't it's the full or self-driving. Ma- maintaining yeah. with the car in front. It's it is, brilliant. It is so easy. So convenient. And that's only level one. And what level one can also do is, like you said before, it reads the lines. So mm. cars use different technology. Tesla's is camera specifically. It has machine learning interfaces where it can tell what the lines are. And if you start drifting a bit out, it goes, it will sort of, it won't pull aggressively. It'll just, you'll feel the tension going, hey, yeah. why are you coming out of the lane? Yeah. Um, level two is what they call partial automation. So that's like, at this point, it's what the Tesla's autopilots all have. So they have like mm. auto steering, for example, auto lane change. Um, it can respond to traffic signals and all that sort of stuff. So in Australia, the enhanced autopilot offers that feature with like self-parking and whatnot. Now, whether you're going to ask if this is worth it or not, I don't have a yes or no answer. It's the driver still has to be assertive. I got yeah. it. Um, and I use it for summoning, right? Because I've got very tight spaces around the house and where I keep my cars. I only use it for summoning in, summoning out. Auto parking, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah it's slow. You feel like you, you... I feel like you're anxious with it when I'm driving in the mundane. Like, I've done it a few times. I've gone to auto park and there's a car waiting for me. They can see I don't have my hands on the wheel and they can see the cars moving and like they're just like looking at me and I'm like, uh, fuck it, I'll just- take over. Like it's just... Yeah, I don't trust it. And the suggestive lane change stuff it's like if you're not gonna do it don't suggest it sort of thing it's like yeah. you have to confirm the lane change it's like i mean i can I, I think the whole point is it's still a deliberate decision to change the lane even though it's helping you i find it's i i find i, I enjoy driving and changing lanes for me personally especially when you have a car that goes can go zero to 100 oh, in like dude. three seconds it's great like when when you're stuck behind a car and there's a car like creeping up you're just like 
the fact that in a normal car I wouldn't risk it I'd be like whatever I'll just wait but in this yeah. I'm just like you yeah. just like zip around it, it's just, it gives you so much more latitude so that's the level 2 level 2 and then level 3 is now we're getting into testing territory some cars have it commercially it's like they call conditional autopilot so it's like the driver still has has to be the last one the driver still has to take over and control it mm-hmm. now the driver has to be sort of assertive so you need to supervise the car and some good examples of this is the Audis have a traffic jam pilot so like on most freeways it can navigate through traffic and make decisions and whatnot which I find pretty cool um, and the other one is the Cadillac Super Cruise so that's got hands-free driving on the highways too which the Teslas have but it's very finicky it will phantom brake it will yeah. go out of its lane like if you're doing 100 kilometers around going around the bend in a Tesla autopilot for me it, it can't hold the lane and it will disengage and yeah. go sorry i can't do this, this is anymore. outside of our realm yeah um whereas these other cars have sort of focused on that so there's nothing special it's like a little bit up from level two level four is this so, so four and five is where everyone is talking about it this mm. is going into like your ais and um who's liable for what what's the ethical responsibility yeah. so that people call level four a few different things i call this enhanced automation which is not to be confused with the tesla's enhanced autopilot so mm. Enhanced autopilot on a Tesla is probably that level two sort of thing. This is level four enhanced automation is now the car can handle most driving scenarios by itself in some conditions. So when it's like really muddy, when it's raining, when it's snowing, it might ask for you to take over. Um, Now, this is getting very interesting in terms of the Google self-driving car. Have you heard of Waymo? I've heard of it, but I haven't looked into it at all. So Waymo, they've been around since 2009 and their end goal is to make a driverless car to the point where there is like nothing in the car that the driver can take over. So theoretically, like you could be off your face drunk and the car could come pick you up and take you home. So this is sort of where it's where it's in now. It's not very expansive. It's only in areas like Phoenix and they're just um, expanding now into areas like Los Angeles and whatnot. So in June 2022, they announced a partnership with Uber. So I think what they're trying to do is make it so it's like maybe you don't own the car, but you can use it as like a, a driving service, like a taxi service or whatever. And they partnered with an insurance risk uh, company called Swiss RE. So these guys do like advanced risk assessments. And they found from the research they did, they drove about 3.8 million miles, I believe it was. So in kilometers, I think I wrote this down somewhere. It's like 6.1 million kilometers Jesus. through San Francisco and Phoenix from January 2018 to January this year. And from what they did is they collected all the insurance claims through this time and they did some stats and found out that there was a 76% reduction in property damage. So driving into rocks, driving into yeah. poles and stuff and a 100% uh, reduction in people injuries. So people bodily harm. And this is compared to the self-driving versus standard human driving? Standard human driving, yeah. Yes. So like a baseline and I forget what they use as a control and this was one of the limitations in its, in its research is they said, well, this is only in some areas of America to actually prove this statistic on a global scale, we have to have a control between freeway driving and non-freeway driving mm. and also test this in different parts of the world. So I think what they did is they just said freeway or non-freeway, we don't care. We're just going to count all the claims yeah. and count it. But then right. it's like there, there's differences, right? Driving on the freeway, you sort of just... 
a lot sh- easier shut off yeah but driving on like a, a city streets there are a lot more things that can go a wrong more variables things to consider a lot more variables um and similar to tesla's full self-driving right so tesla's full self-driving in america i should say in, in australia it's fucking shit but in america they're testing beta in some parts where it's 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 driving on city streets on its own so it's performing calculations using its camera of cars coming through stop signs and pedestrians and it actually learns off your driving so it has ai built into its computer <laughs> which i think it's like one of the main differences with tesla's driving is that it it um, has that machine learning interface where some cars I don't think have that. So it learns how you drive. So for example, if you're stuck in traffic and you figure out that you have to go around someone and you do that, the car will learn that. And next time it gets stuck in the same situation, it will do that itself. Problem is it's still very finicky. Yeah. It's still not. Well, uh, the thing is I'm concerned that it learns your like profile, right? And once if you were just an asshole when you drove. This is the thing, you right? You just get a car with no driver just being a prick to everyone. Just like giving the horn to everyone, cutting people off. Yeah. Like, obviously, that's an exaggeration and a hyperbole. But if it is learning a profile, what is the boundary of what is a safe profile to learn it, versus a normal? Exactly yeah. right. And this is one of the things with AI. Like, is is the AI going to be responsible for itself or are you responsible for the ai driving it so if it's like your pet for example if it fucks up do you get blamed for it because it's learnt off you yeah it's that's that is like the decision making <laughs> thing like conundrum. yeah there was one of like an ev has to decide so it's a, a car's coming around the corner all of a sudden two people come on the road one is an older lady one is a baby it's gonna have to hit one yeah. which one does it hit how do you program into code the idea of calculating the value of life and if you do that does now ai have a value of life that it can identify certain people over others it is i i think it's it's based off advanced risk right like it you have to whenever we do anything and we want the lowest consequence no no two risks are going to be the same so hitting the baby or hitting the old lady as bad as it sounds they won't have the exact same risk output so the tesla will be trained to go with the lowest risk what that is i'm not going to answer here i'm not qualified to make those suggestions but that is the logic i guess it will follow and that brings us into full self-driving step five which is full automation you can go inside this car and not do anything and that has no wheel on it kind of thing no steering wheel well yeah no no steering wheel so you don't have the option to drive this which is interesting because i thought about this and the way it would have to work is the cars initially would have to be trained from just driving on the roads learning what the roads are around them but eventually what i think would happen is there'd be like a geospatial sort of database where when you buy a new car it's uploaded into the car and it has all of the knowledge of the road and how to navigate it um and this is just for roads by the way i don't think off-road self-driving is ever going to be a thing so to me like I, I think to actually replace all drive non-driverless vehicles with driverless vehicles it's going to be very long way away and at that point the only time you would drive a car on your own is one off-road driving and two yeah. race 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 car driving even even then it could be like build an AI to race a car and the cool. same car then it's the ai difference yeah and, and on your point of full self-driving of these cars if we had roads where we had all the cars self-driving, I think it would actually be quite easy. Oh, yeah. It's, if you have 50-50, that's the problem, right? Because you're now predicting human behavior. But if you have a, a robot predicting a robot's behavior, that mathematics is so simple. Because it knows what right? it should yeah. do. And you can talk to each other and go, here's the order of Q. Well, this is how we're going to go. Whereas you get humans go, no, I'm going to cut in now. Yeah. Because it's, it's what I want to do. Prerogatives, fingerprints, where 
varied human human personalities it's going to change robots are very identical it would even make sense that like you can't see what's happening outside of the car like everything is just sort of black on the inside because like you don't have to know what's happening we'll take it from here getting that human interaction like, effectively it becomes a train ride but you can go exactly where you want to start you want to go that would so, be pretty cool. So at this point, speed limit signs gone. The speed limit is so much faster. The speed limit is inbuilt into the car. The only time it would need to go slower is if the road disallowed for it to go yeah. fast, or if someone jumped in front. It needs to have that cap because physics says that the faster you go, effectively your stopping range increases. Right. Yeah. So it would need to be able to make sure that it's going fast enough, but not so fast that if something was to jump out, yeah, it would not be able to slow down in time. I mean, but also too, like the speed is based on the reaction time of average human. Yeah. So if you have a robot that can respond a million times in faster. Na- in literally nanoseconds, yeah. And then the speed isn't limited by the distance to stop. It's what, if there's a turn coming up, what's the safe speed to do that at? Yeah. That it becomes a technical thing, not a reaction or a human thing. It's, it's all based off math. It's not based off the yeah. human interaction. Um, like what, what? I was actually listening to a podcast on this a while ago and I was hearing the guy say that, well, you brought up the 50-50 thing before. What if we go 50 full self-driving, 50 humans? Rough. That becomes a problem because like, what do you have? Like a dedicated lane for the self-driving cars, but then humans it's, go into that. It's and like you a have, bike lane for human yeah. drivers just being... Um, but he actually said something interesting and it was, well, if if the speed limit signs are gone... Um, sure, but instead of getting a speed speeding fine, you now pay to speed. So, for example, if you're going to the hospital, rushing someone to hospital, the human would speed there. Let's not beat around the bush. If your family member is bleeding to death, you're going to drive as fast as you can to the hospital. And yeah. if a cop pulls you, are going to say, "Look, just just get there." Um, an AI, it won't speed. It will just go, "No, sorry, I'm programmed to do the full self." Mm. Um, it's full speed limit in this 50-50 scenario but if you pay like an extra certain amount it's like you're not paying a speeding fine you're paying to it speed it sounds dystopian a little bit to be honest it does yeah and I heard this in the podcast and I was like it's a bit of a thought experiment right it's like uh, if I've if, if we came to that world I would like it to be like every single phone it's locked but you can still triple call triple zero yeah I think that should be the case if there's an emergency you have right of way Okay. But if you abuse the system, then you get fined. Yeah, because you can't call triple zero too many times. Yeah, because if I go in the middle of nowhere and my cell coverage sucks, I can still connect to someone else's cell coverage and still call emergency services. That's actually one of the really good things about the Tesla, right? Like with the premium connectivity. Yeah. Um, you never have to worry about losing cell service. You've always always connected with the Tesla. I find that that the premium connectivity at certain places sucks. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Once you leave the cities, it's not great. But... The full self-driving is fully automatic and so is the key. So your phone, as long as it has Bluetooth and it's plugged in and you have your spare card, you're absolutely A-OK. Yeah. Look, one of the things I wanted to touch on why I don't think the full self-driving on Tesla's now, and this is no criticism to Elon Musk, like he's obviously got it covered, is it only uses what's called Tesla's vision, right? So we touched on the cameras and whatnot. So you can see about eight different areas at once and it, it computes things in milliseconds and it's got... AI pretty much to make those decisions. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's it's attaining billions of kilometers of data as these cars are driving. Yeah. It's only using cameras owners. So if cameras get dirty, 
your stuff. Like you've lost a whole sensor without self-wiping or anything. Mm. Have you heard of LiDAR? We talked about it briefly, but I'm not too familiar with it. So LiDAR stands for light detection and ranging. So it works by emitting a laser pulse. So similar to an ultrasonic sensor where it emits like a, mm-hmm. and it, that sound wave and then it reflects back. It's basically doing this with a laser. So instead of traveling at the speed of sound, traveling at the speed of light, which yep. is absolutely insane. Because imagine that, right? You're, you're, you're getting a laser that's going all around you and it's creating geospatial data because mm-hmm. it's getting signals back at the speed of light. And it's being able to go pretty much go through... Um, can't go through dust because obviously it's not infrared it's, yeah. it's, it's laser technology um and it's creating a profile of things around it so it's being able to tell the exact distance to things like literally to the millimeter because yeah. of how accurate it is i think cars need to use a combination of both so i know tesla use like sonar and and other ways to detect distance or whatnot yeah. but once you've got those two things together and you optimize it i think that is the technology and that's something i want to do get like a little lidar sensor because you can get these for hobby version which i didn't know until last week right. integrate that into like a little rc car yeah. and then demonstrate the capabilities of full self-driving because it's a it's a it's a common misconception people are like how far will it go how does it actually work mm. full self-driving isn't actually full self-driving as, no. as, as it sounds we're never gonna get there i don't think in our lifetime yeah i don't think i'm gonna see the day where i wake up and my kids go i can't believe you guys used to drive those things definitely the way of the future but i mean technology accelerates at an exponential rate too every four years the amount of information a child can can absorb doubles i mean sorry so, i think the technology is there but i think you need the policy behind it too you need the allowance you need uh, yeah. someone to put their foot down sign the paper and go i approve a car that has no driver in it to be commercially available mm. do you see our politicians are oh sorry no australia <laughs> australia is never going to be in a hotbed for innovation that's the whole point we copy everyone else's we have little bits of innovation that get stolen because we don't capture it or we don't risk make that kind of connection again like you said this um the google test drive is in san francisco everything came from san francisco uber came from san francisco really yeah san francisco is the hotbed of all innovation <laughs> it's called silicon valley for a reason like there's that area oh. is where everyone goes to try and create a startup billions of dollars gets thrown out of it and yeah. trillions of dollars comes back out a lot of that money gets lost but the ones that make it uber for example is a big one pretty damn big so like there's this yeah it's we're never going to be our, I, we never have our own silicon valley look at the end of the day we made wi-fi but for some reason we're the worst country at maintaining it yeah the no wi-fi one believes sucks it. in no, australia yeah, well no one believes we made wi-fi that's the other thing that pisses me off oh, australians you have wi-fi yeah we fucking made we it. made it and you guys <sighs> optimized it all right on that anyway. sour note we'll call it there but, see you um, in the next one yeah yeah see ya